All right, let's ruin someone else's day. Welcome to episode four. I'm still here. Hey, welcome to episode four. Thank you for tuning in. The reviews are in. Uh, Nick Allen from RogerEber.com only wrote, no. Fair enough. For the millionth time, it's a podcast where I ramble, and I wish I wasn't, but I'm a bit of a rambler. I love to tell stories. I also, I really love to cook. If you saw my last video, I really enjoy the learning process. All of this is just me trying to learn. It's a little late. It's almost midnight. I wanted to do this at night so I could edit it and have it done in the morning, hopefully. Today's a late night show. We're going to talk about The Power of Now. Eckhart Tolle, or Eckhart Tolle, whatever you want to call him. First, uh, I want to start every episode with something called Correction Corner, because we all make mistakes, nobody's perfect, I'm way far from perfect, and again, I ramble, so sometimes my verbal diarrhea needs to be addressed. Last episode, at some point I was talking about a Argentine radio host. His name is Fernando Peña. I told a story, cut it out of the last episode because it was really graphic, but my mom had a lot of his tapes of his radio show, and on some of the tapes he would describe uh, sex very graphically uh, with his boyfriend, but the way I cut it, it's just like I said, oh, he was talking about gay sex, and then I laugh, and some people were like, that's not okay, or it sounds like you're making fun of gay sex, I'm not making sex of sex have sex with whoever you want as long as they want to have sex with you so yeah just a correction on that i'm cool with everyone i promise the other correction was that i went over a story about kareem benzema the soccer player paying a girl that was underage and i said the article said it so i was quoting the article and said an underage prostitute and someone messaged me and said there's no such thing as an underage prostitute that's just abuse of a minor fair enough again i agree that was a correction corner yeah, I'd love to learn. Uh, there will be one cooking video a week, two podcasts a week. This is kind of the format so far. Yeah, it takes me <laughs> a million hours. I'm not a good editor. I, uh, I'm not a great public speaker. I can get in a role. Like, if you get to know me, I'm a lot better and I loosen up. But sitting here in front of a mic can, you know, I get the jitters. And it's funny, I was reading, again, chronically self-obsessed. I was reading an old journal two years ago, just talking about the same BS that I'm talking about here. Again, just being afraid of my own voice and finding my own opinions and my own path. Just because my entire, again, oh, this hero's 31-year-old crying, talk about his mommy. Listen, I'm just sharing how I feel, man. As Kanye West said, I have younger siblings and cousins, and I've managed a lot of people that are younger than me and heard what they've gone through in their life. Yeah, again, trying to relate, trying to make people laugh, entertain myself as well. Yeah, I want to become a better writer and podcaster. I want to be a better editor. The only... <laughs> You know, right? If you want to learn how to make sourdough, make one every week. If you want to be better at it, make two every week. If you want to be even better, make four or five. Yeah. Repetition builds habit, and then through habit, you build skill. And uh, I'm trying to become more skillful at it. I spent all day today wondering, like, should I just give up and not do it anymore? Yeah, I was just feeling a little down. Oh, you were feeling down? When are you not feeling down? Many times over the last week, I thought about just kind of giving up and just delete everything. This is embarrassing. You're <laughs> 
But the other side of me is like, why didn't you start this 13 years ago? A lot of it is pain, avoiding certain conversations with people. Why not pursue your dream? And maybe you'll fail, right? Maybe it'll be five years from now and I'll have, you know, 45 subscribers and every video will get 100 views. But at least I'll try it, right? Instead of just like sitting on the sidelines like I've been doing for fucking 13 years. Yeah, just because I was so afraid. We're just so divided by superficial nonsense, by like Tinder profiles. <laughs> Ever since I was little, I was always very rambunctious and loud, always telling stories. And I always thought that words and stories were kind of my thing. Even when I was eight or nine, I would sit at my grandma's computer, and this was before even Windows 95, so that's how old this computer was. And I would write stories, and then uh, I would get the clip art stuff, and then add it. And uh, she still has some of the stories, which is really funny, chronically self-obsessed. Yeah, I like stories. I like words. You know, words were always kind of my thing. Uh, Ramdas talks about it. If I could sing and dance, I'd do that. If I could, I can cook a little bit. So that's why I'm uploading some cooking videos. I was always really analytical and I found people could use words differently to create different meaning and to make people feel a certain way. So I always wanted to like, okay, I just want to use my words to make people laugh. I don't know why. I don't know why. I promise that for the last like nine years when I sit to meditate, I always think like, you should be a comedian. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And uh, coming out of the meditation, I'm like, okay, I'm going to write and I'm gonna go to open mics again and start my YouTube channel. And then I talk to a few people and it feels like, ah, oh, no, no, it's sort of like they're going to be upset and uh, I'm going to have to be explaining myself like every single moment. And it's not going to be good because I'm going to be self-censoring myself because I'm Again, someone told me 2 plus 2 is 4. Someone said 2 plus 2 is 5. And I know a lot of people that are that way too. And some people are not, right? There's that story motivational speakers talk about. There's a pair of twins. And again, talking about twins. This is an imaginary pair of twins. And their dad is an alcoholic. And one of them ends up in jail and also an alcoholic. But the other one, you know, sober and has a family and he's a lawyer. So what does that mean? That you can have the same life and you know, make something different with it. Of course. That's why it's important to realize that it's your life, right? And uh, this is my life. It's now or never. <laughs> yeah, man. I like words. I love YouTube. I always wanted to make YouTube videos. I thought, what a wonderful thing it would be if I could just make enough money to pay rent, my bills, save a little bit to buy a house, and work on writing and comedy, but just making some videos and uploading them to YouTube. And over the last decade or so, I saw so many people becoming successful. And of course, just wondering like, okay, that's a good idea. What if, what could be my angle, right? What could, how could I get in there? But again, way too analytical, way too in my head, just trying to seek advice. Sometimes just, again, feeling like I don't have the resources or the support or as soon as people see it I can immediately just hear like being scolded about what I believe and what I want to say like I was at my friend's wedding <laughs> last year and like some of his cousins and friends they'd be like you should be a stand-up comedian man and after knowing me for like a few hours and tooting my own horn wait, wait. but yeah I always comedy radio and writing movies all this stuff always just felt so connected part of me was like how do I get into there right what do how do I get in what do I do where where do I knock yeah this is a start right 
got to it's like I went to the gym for a few days and then someone was like, why aren't you doing 400 pounds? You fucking pussy. Get out of here. And I'm like, well, I'm, you know, it's kind of heavy. I'm just doing this. Garbage. You're a shame. I'm just trying to be a little bit funny. And if you're in your 50s or 60s, maybe I'm saying stuff to relate to, right, my 18-year-old brother or... 20-something-year-old people that I was working with. Maybe I'm talking to the 40-something-year-old single moms with kids that I worked with for so many years. So now we're going to talk about one of my favorite books. It's called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Or Eckhart Tolle. And kind of like Stoic philosophy, it's supposed to teach you that there's only so many things that you can control in the now. The book does a really good job at describing how difficult it is for most of us to be in the present moment. Most of the time, you're either you're in the past or in the future, right? Anticipating, I'm going to get that call, or is that person going to text me back? Or thinking in the past of back when I worked at Chipotle, I was so great, and I did all these things, and okay, that was five years ago. Or back in high school, I was the king, I was quarterback, I was the captain, and dating the head cheerleader. This book was really important because... It just kind of tied it all together. <laughs> I'm very inclusive. It just connected all the dots. It unified what I had been reading about and kind of experiencing within myself. I never had a group or identified with any religion or gurus. Like sometimes we'll be like, oh, come to our Buddhist temple or, you know, join us. Well, I'm very much a homebody. When I read this book, it just made me realize the answer to just being able to get along with other people in the world is so simple but because it's so simple it's just like so close to our face uh it's really hard to live by it where do most people where do they live in their head in their body are they in the present or are they stuck in the past are they just anticipating the future like ah in 10 years when i'm a famous podcaster and a millionaire (laughs) <laughs> or are they right Napoleon Dynamite the stuck in high school when you were the quarterback and the captain or doesn't have to be good could be bad we all have good and bad experiences a lot of the comments from my family is like you had a great life stop complaining it's like I know I had a great life I was very sheltered and when I went out in the world it was like oh man a lot of people have it hard out there and um I was always just trying to help other people like this book is also guilty of that because it just made me okay if there's something that needs to be done and you're there take action you know you see it you own it i had a boss that would say that to me all the time it's like julian you see it you own it if you see it, you own it she's like if i see something dirty i'll go clean it up and i loved it most people have a hard time with that it's just like yeah well someone else did it so whatever or someone else you know they pay someone to clean it they'll clean it up everyone chooses to do what they want with their body and mind and actions i wanted to try to align my actions and my feelings into what i'm doing this podcast seemed like a good way to really work on my voice and feel more confident about myself i don't think there's anything wrong with that to some people it is they're like just fucking talk to me about it just talk to me Talk to my therapist. Let me give you his number. Anyway, ramble, ramble. I'm going to read a little bit from The Power of Now. I have little use for the past and rarely think about it. However, I would briefly like to tell you how I came to be a spiritual teacher and how this book came into existence. One night, not long after my 29th birthday, I woke up in the early hours with a feeling of absolute dread. I had woken up with such a feeling many times before, but this time it was more intense than it had ever been. I could feel that a deep longing for annihilation, for non-existence, was now becoming much stronger than the instinctive desire to continue to live. I cannot live with myself any longer. 
This was the thought that kept repeating itself in my mind. Then suddenly, I became aware of what a peculiar thought it was. Am I one or two? If I cannot live with myself, there must be two of me. The I and the self. Maybe, I thought, only one of them is real. I was so stunned by this strange realization that my mind stopped. Suddenly, there was no more fear, and I let myself fall into that void. I have no recollection of what happened after that. I had awakened by the chirping of a bird outside the window. I had never heard such a sound before. My eyes were still closed, and I saw the image of a precious diamond. Yes, if a diamond could make a sound, this is what it would be like. Without any thought, I felt, I knew, that there is infinitely more to light than we realize. I got up and walked around the room. I recognized the room, and yet I knew that I had never truly seen it before. That day I walked around the city in utter amazement at the miracle of life on earth, as if I had just been born into the world. Sounds like a psychotic breakdown. Just saying. I'm just saying, bro. I could give you my therapist number. Let's just get to go to therapy. You should be going to therapy. To me, that's a very interesting spiritual truth. The, you know, the I and the self, and you can go bananas trying to think about that stuff. Right? It's like when athletes talk them about themselves in the third person, right? Uh, Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson thinks that Ricky Henderson had a great race, and Ricky Henderson is going to do the best that's best for Ricky Henderson. Hold on, let me give Ricky Henderson a call. It's a, an old David Cross bit. I'm being funny, but a lot of the time people, we make choices because it's like the persona, like right? Like if you take a business ethics classes sometimes there's an exercise called newspaper test which is you know before making a decision think about like what will my family and friends think if they you know if this was the the headlines in the newspaper tomorrow should i make that decision i don't know, talk to bill clinton he made a i don't think he thought about it a lot very successful guy bill clinton right bill clinton's the greatest he left america and a surplus. You are not your mind. The greatest obstacle to enlightenment. What is that? A beggar had been sitting by the side of the road for over 30 years. One day, a stranger walked by. Spare some change, mumbled the beggar, mechanically holding out his baseball cap. I have nothing to give you, said the stranger. Then he asked, what's that you're sitting on? Nothing, replied the beggar. Just an old box. I have been sitting on it for as long as I can remember. Ever looked inside, asked the stranger. No said the beggar. What's the point? There's nothing in there. Have a look inside, insisted the stranger. The beggar managed to pry open the lid. With astonishment, disbelief, and elation, he saw that the box was filled with gold. I am that stranger who has nothing to give you and who is telling you to look inside. Not inside any box, as in the parable, but somewhere even closer, inside yourself. I'm not a beggar, you can hear you say. I'm not a beggar, Julie. I know you're not a beggar. It's okay. Again, if that's just mumbo-jumbo and uh, you want to call the insane asylum to come pick me up, just let me know so I can move before they get here. For this episode, I got to apologize to my neighbors. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be annoying at almost midnight. This is a preface of the book from the publisher, Mark Allen. I really like this part. I feel like this is the essence of... Uh, the power of now, and everything that Eckhart Tolle talks about, which is really what I believe, honestly, that everyone's essence is good and pure, and that's all deep inside. Sometimes at work, I would use the analogy that people have a different road to their ultimate truth and essence within them, 
and some people's road to that place is you know like windy and rocky and there's fucking volcano you got to get around but after you get through all of that some people have a very easy road right sometimes you meet someone and it's like immediate connection and you know sometimes we'll get fooled by you know the external by material stuff i was watching the the tinder swindler documentary today couldn't believe it right if you watched it and you're like how much money did you give that guy and he's that short says the short king okay i'm a i'm a short king myself anyway this is why every time I say anything, it should be a warning. According to me, all right? This is important because there's no doctrine or dogma behind it. It's just about aligning with the present moment. I know all this sounds silly. Hopefully, one or two people uh, will appreciate it or like it. Eckhart Tolle is not aligned with any particular religion or doctrine or guru. His teaching embraces the heart the essence of all other traditions and contradicts none of them christian hindu buddhist muslim indigenous or anything else he's able to do what all the great masters have done to show us in simple and clear language that the way the truth and the light is within us again in the last episode uh, when i was talking about misinformation and put the the clip by russell brand about right like what have you experienced what have you experienced cuz sometimes we create excuses for other people. We protect other people. In the book, he describes how important it is to allow space, right? That's Space is what allows everything. Space in this room allows for the furniture and the computer and the mic and me, for me to be in here. And sometimes we don't give enough attention to that. I myself just experienced so many people justifying. I've done it too, right? Uh, we all do it justifying behavior that it's not helpful or useful and it's done in a state of anxiety or anger or fear or panic and sometimes a lot of people that live just in anger they just need certainty and control a lot of us just live in that kind of mental we're all here together this is the metaverse <laughs> this is the metaverse motherfucker like you're living in it already this book was always helpful to remind me where are you right now? Right? Are you just thinking about the future? Are you stuck in the past? Are you, you know, deep in jealousy or anger or fear or anxiety or insecurity? What's bringing that out of you? And uh, sometimes it's good to just remove yourself from a situation if it's not working out, if it's creating like something bad inside of you, if it's ma making you be conflicted. It's a combination of becoming aware and then realizing is there something that i need to change i don't remember who said it that life is a dance between your fears and your desires or pleasure and pain we want pleasure we want to keep pain away and the dance is like a mix of the two it's my neighbor he's going shut the fuck up <laughs> it's midnight i gotta get up at six in the morning so yeah the power of now i think uh, there's also a lot of talks by him on youtube it can be really boring to listen to him he's very monotone he was born in germany moved to england he lived in canada lived in the u.s he speaks spanish german and english he's a pretty i don't know some people think he's a charlatan and uh, just uh, full of baloney i just try to use what works that book created an anchor of don't be taken away by stuff that's not that important right 
and other people are gonna try to poke you and pull your ear and <laughs> say hey what's up red face or anything people will make up rumors people will be upset and that book was like it's all right it's it's okay just in the now you're you're fine and then there might be physical pain or emotional pain but even that right the background is always peaceful if you do headspace you know andy right the the clear blue sky even if there's clouds the blue sky is always there and yeah all these uh, books that i've read and try to do a lot of work on myself is because again quote and ram does all i can do for you is work on myself i spent so many years just trying to please everyone and that ended up in creating someone who's very conflicted inside and the last few episodes i'm just explaining how a lot of my life i've been in the middle because i don't want to take sides and i don't want to use people and when there's problems i try to just get in there and resolve it and a lot of time it's like uh one of my favorite movies uh, stand by me written by it's a short story written by Stephen King. At the end of the movie, right? If you haven't watched it, spoilers ahead. At the end of Stand By Me, the character played by River Phoenix, right? He gets killed because he's trying to break up a fight in a restaurant. They don't show it. It's uh, the main kid, grown up. He's a writer. So he's writing about it, and he's like, yeah, he, he died. He tried breaking up a fight in a restaurant, got stabbed, and he's dead. And I was like, fuck, that's going to be me. <laughs> I'm just trying to get better at this. Part of it is just talking to myself to get some wind behind my sail and stay motivated. So I experienced a lot of stuff, <laughs> right? I'm 31, I'm a little old. Shouldn't be talking about some of the things that I talk about. I love words. I love telling stories. I like to learn. I worked in the food industry for a long time. And uh, I was always a big fan of YouTube. So I just wanted to be a part of it and just figure it out. I'm just going to try to do two podcasts a week, one cooking video. Just see where it goes from here. I hope someone is enjoying it. If you have any feedback or anything you want to say to me, go shoot me a message. So yeah, I appreciate everyone for the support. I'll see you again on Sunday. Papa bless.